Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Happy Monday. It is August 31st. Amazing how fast August has gone already. Uh, You know, back before the whole COVID-19 thing, I probably measured things in terms of school. So uh, I probably would have been measuring the past two, three months as summer, the summer break between school for my kids. So it's weird because this year it's just all been disrupted. And so instead of looking at August as, you know, the last month of summer break before school starts, for me it's been more just part of the the entire package deal that we've gotten with COVID-19. You know, th- think about when it started for you guys in, in your area of the country. You know, for us it was back in March, I think, at some point. So that's five months. We're going on five months of... Um, quarantine and sheltering in place, working from home most of most of the time, and so it's been a five month block of time, and that's kind of I don't know about you, but for me that's kind of the way I'm measuring time, uh, which is just sad. It's just sad how crazy things have changed, and that's really my moment of transparency uh, for this morning. That and the fact that things are shutting down all over the place, uh, just little things, and I don't, I don't think we realize the impact and the ripple effect that that this thing has had on the world. Uh, you know, yes, you have the basic things that you see every day. You know, you've got the uh, restaurants that don't allow people to eat indoors. You've got certain uh, establishments that aren't even allowed to be open that are uh, slowly opening up now. And then you have uh, just small to medium to large companies all over the country that have either had to stop production or shut down altogether. And it's not just around our country. I mean, it could be around the world. But where you notice it is when you start doing online shopping. So things that just used to be all over Amazon or, you know, super easy to find online and you pull it up. And, oh, yeah, you can have that if you want that. You can have it in two days. Um, You know, as you start to purchase some of these things these days, you notice that some of the things say unavailable or backordered or um, not available at this time, out of stock. You know, these are all words that are becoming fairly common as you go and search the Internet for things. Now, obviously, we live in a uh, culture where it's, it's, I don't know, you don't want to call it the me culture, but it's, it's really all about me. It's what I want, and I want it now, and I want to have it. And so, you know, you wonder where Amazon came from. It's because of that mentality of I want something to, I want to find something, I want to buy it, and I want it to be at my door in two days, if not faster. And so it's our, it's our own fault. It's a first world problem. 
But it is very interesting to me, you know, as you kind of get used to a culture that has that ability, it is very weird to get on and to start having problems ordering things and, and realizing that, oh, I, I have to wait. That's not available. Um, it's, it's just a strange feeling, um, you know, that, that something is wrong. And so that was my minute of transparency. Um, I had a, a number of examples, but I won't go through them, uh, except for, you know, maybe one. So I think we were looking for, I think it was a new wireless uh, system for our house, knowing that our kids were going to be here and we were all going to be doing Zoom calls and all of that. So so I was online looking for, you know, a new Wi-Fi mesh system or something. And, uh, and it was just interesting to see half of these devices were sold out. Uh, you know, in, in this case, it may be less about production, not being able to produce new ones, and it may be, may be more about just the uh, the demand, right? You know, with so many people being at home and needing their home network to be functioning well, you know, maybe people have just bought out that uh, product because they're, they need it. Um, so that was just one example, but so many other examples of, of things that you would just think, oh, well, I'll just get online and buy it. It should be available. And then you get online and it's not. And so when you start counting up the the stories behind each of those products, right? Is it a mom and pop shop in Vermont that had to shut down because of coronavirus? Or is this electronic product, you know, built with parts from Malaysia or somewhere where, you know, they've had to close down their factories? And like I said, you count up all of those stories and you realize the true impact that this pandemic has had on the world. So that was it. I won't belabor the point. That was kind of what I was thinking about this week uh, because of some of those examples that I experienced. But uh, let's move into today's topic. So today we're going to be talking about the Transcendent Samaritan. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the story then, the story on replay, how is your heart, and how can we respond Number one, the story itself. So there's a parable in the Bible called the Good Samaritan, uh, and it's found in Luke 10, 30 to 37. And I think I'm just going to read through it uh, right at the top, just so we can get it fresh in our minds um, as we work through this episode. So just to put a little context to the story, um, if we go back up to verse 25, um, it explains that Jesus was teaching, and a Jewish lawyer stood up, and um, kind of wanted to test Jesus. And so he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked him, well, what's written in the law? And the lawyer said, love your Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus replied, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the, the Jewish lawyer wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who exactly is my neighbor? And that's when Jesus replied with the parable of the Good Samaritan. So in verse 30, it says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him for dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, 
a Levite, when he came down to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for an extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? So the Jewish lawyer replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And that's it. That's the parable. Uh, Pretty short and to the point. On the surface, um, short, sweet, and to the point with uh, some emotion and a little twist. Uh, It's pretty easy to at least get the following out of a, a casual reading of this story. So you might ask, shouldn't the guy have been traveling with friends if this road was so dangerous? Uh, how is it that most people just walked by and didn't do anything? Well, at least somebody was kind enough to stop and help. I, I wonder if I would do what the last guy did. And then maybe I want to be that guy. So that's just a casual over-the-top view of the story, of the parable. Uh, And most people, you know, if you've heard the story before, if you've read the story before, um, you've you've had those thoughts or you've had those feelings on the surface. But like I said, that's just scratching the surface. There are behind-the-scenes elements that make the story even more interesting. I read an article in BibleKnowledge.com, and I put the link in the show notes, Uh, that kind of helps flesh things out a little bit more. So number one, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along at all, right? They were a a couple people groups that had a beef with each other. They believed in slightly different things, and so they did not get along at all. And since Jesus was talking to a Jewish lawyer, this story would have hit very close to home. The priest and the Levite were also Jewish, And they were the ones that passed by on the other side of the road. The Samaritan in this story ended up being the good guy. And this would have been especially hard for the lawyer to hear. Some other interesting nuggets in the story. Uh, If it was the Jewish people who really knew better, so to speak, right? They were the people who should have known that offering care to a victim was the right thing to do. And yet it was the Samaritan who they probably felt didn't know any better Uh, was the one who did the right thing. There's also a slight chance that the Jewish man uh, or the Jewish men in the story feared being contaminated by blood or by possibly touching a dead carcass if the man was deceased. And this is another interesting wrinkle in the story, suggesting that our religious beliefs and traditions can actually get in the way of us being helpful to people in need. Number two, the story on replay. Just like the parable, stories like this happen every day to us in our everyday modern world. The names have changed, but the scenario is the same. There is a victim, there are people with means, and even an affinity to the person or to the victim who choose to do nothing. And then there is the least likely person, right? There's the person who steps up and chooses to do the right thing. 
And this scenario happens all the time in ways we may or may not recognize. Uh, let's just look at a few examples, uh, right? You may run into these this month, this week, um, who knows? Uh, so you had the bombing victims in Beirut, Lebanon. You have fire victims in small towns in California. Uh, small business owners who've lost their life savings due to COVID-19. Uh, systemic racism in our prison system, almost guaranteeing that black men are incarcerated more often than white men. Uh, the homeless person that you see on the same corner every single day. Uh, the woman who had just had a flat tire and looked scared along the road. The teenager kicked out of their home after an argument with their parents and no place to go. The child on the playground who has no friends or is being bullied. And the list goes on and on and on. In fact, the list is so long these days that we typically can't go a day without running into this on some level or being confronted with it, um, you know, just in our daily interactions. Sure, we can sit in our nice, comfortable homes and pretend that it doesn't exist, but it does, and it does everywhere. And just like the men in the story, we have a decision to make, right? We can either be like the Jewish men and walk on the other side of the road, or we can be the good Samaritan and stop to help. Number three, how is your heart? So the decision we just talked about is really a heart issue. Uh, sure, you make it with your mind. You have to make a conscious decision to do something. But often you make that logical decision because your heart is telling you what is right and what is wrong. If not your heart, your conscience. So how is your heart? Uh, if you don't know, let's do a quick heart check. Now, I don't have an official test you can take that's going to rate your heart from good to bad, altruistic to selfish, moral to evil, or whatever, but here's a, a fun list, at least, 11 signs that you are a good person. Uh, I found this on Indy100.com, uh, links in the show notes. So here are the 11 signs that you're a good person. One, uh, you go the extra mile to help people, interestingly enough. Uh, number two, you are forgiving. Three, you treat everyone the same. Four, you're not scared of admitting that you're wrong. Five, you stand up to bullies. Six, you make sure everything gets heard, or everyone gets heard, rather. Uh, number seven, you are polite. Eight, you listen to others. Nine, you don't do it for show. Ten, you treat people less powerful than you with respect. And 11, you are the change you want to see in the world. And maybe that's enough. Maybe after reading through this list, uh, you're getting a good sense of the state your heart is in. I mean, if you're saying yes to most of the, the items in the list above, then you're probably headed in the right direction. If you're asking yourself, how is it possible for people to even answer yes to a couple of these, then your heart may be in a slightly darker place. But at least you know, and knowing is half the battle. Number four, how can we respond? So back to the heart issue. Uh, in order to become the transcendent Samaritan that Jesus described in the parable, uh, we have to get our hearts pointed in the right direction. And obviously there are many ways to accomplish this, right? As, as Christians, we've been taught to read your Bible, pray, uh, go to church, you know, all of those kinds of things. Uh, in, in today's society, in, in quarantine, obviously you're taking in a church service online, uh, maybe listening to messages via podcast. Maybe it means hanging around with people who already seem to have their hearts pointed in the right direction. Maybe it looks like spending time in nature, reading uplifting books, listening to uplifting music. You know, they say you are what you eat, but 
there's an even better chance that you are who you hang out with and who you, and what you spend your time doing. Now let's go back to the parable of the Good Samaritan one more time. So I found an article on Crosswalk.com that was, uh, the article title is Five Ways Christians Can Apply the Parable of the Good Samaritan Today. So I thought I would end with these, these five um, observations that this author had. So the five things that Christians can take from the parable. Number one, be noticers. So, you know, simply put, don't keep your head in the sand, right? Live with your eyes wide open. See the needs of those around you versus avoiding them. Number two, prayerfully prepare for these moments. So this is talking about kind of a proactive approach to life, right? Preparing in advance for the things that you might do or see in the world. Actually asking God to help you find these things and identify these needs when you're out out and about during your day and then being available when they arise. Number three, don't hesitate. So when you see a need, meet it. Don't start an internal dialogue about whether or not you have the time, whether you're dressed appropriately or whether you might be late to the the next meeting. Uh, The minute you start this process is the minute you've decided you're not able to meet the need. It can happen that fast, so don't hesitate. Number four, reflection and gratitude. So it talked about developing a reflective approach to helping others, right? A thankfulness that that God is using you in such a time as this, um, not viewing the people that you're helping as weak or less than, simply being grateful that you're there and that you can help and that God has blessed you to be a blessing. And finally, number five, generosity. So generosity is typically viewed as a financial transaction, right? Giving of your resources. Um, But being generous with your time, you know, being willing to stop, share your time with others and help those in need is just as generous. And God calls us to be generous in both ways, just like the Good Samaritan. So interestingly enough in the story, the Good Samaritan was generous with both, right? It started out with him being generous with his time, stopping, uh, you know, he may have been in a hurry, you don't know, but he stopped and he gave of his time, to help the victim. And next, he was generous generous with his resources, right? Putting the victim up for the night at the hotel and being willing to pay the extra for his care the next day. And finally, it occurs to me that there might be two main ways to flex our Good Samaritan muscles. Um, You know, as I was thinking about my life and the way that I uh, approach people who are are in need, um, I really realized that there were two parts of, of me And these parts are the spur of the moment part and the intentional part. So I wanted to talk through both of those. Um, And then as we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see that both are important, but that we tend to lean more toward one or the other. So let's start with the spur of the moment Samaritan. So the whole see a need, meet a need thing, right? In the heat of the moment, walking to lunch, driving home, on a walk in the neighborhood, Uh, always ready to be of service in the spur of the moment. And then the other is the intentional Samaritan. So this would be more the planner, the person who is proactive about helping others. You know, maybe this is a a person who signs up in advance to volunteer knowing that they are going to help people in the future or signing up to give monthly online uh, to help others. Um, Both very proactive, intentional uh, things that you can do to be a good Samaritan. And again, isn't it interesting that the Samaritan did both in the same story? So just like he gave of his time and his resources, he was also a spur-of-the-moment Samaritan 
and an intentional Samaritan. The spur of the moment came when he helped him along the road, right? He didn't predict that. He didn't know what was going to happen. It just happened, and he met the need. And then the intentional side was when he put him up in the inn, asked the innkeeper if there was anything he could do um, you know, to help him over the next 24 hours to 48 hours, and the willingness to pay for that service to happen. Very proactive. So let's land the plane. Are you a good Samaritan? If so, what type comes easy for you? Are you a spur-of-the-moment Samaritan? Or are you an intentional Samaritan? Um, If neither, uh, what would it like for you to start flexing your good Samaritan muscles? Uh, This week, be a noticer, uh, like we talked about. Look for needs around you and look for ways that you can meet those needs. And that's really it. That's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, thanks for being with us this week. Um, I, I do want to let you know that this episode was definitely not just for you. Uh, the whole point of this episode was for me to kind of work through this in my own life. Uh, this is something that I've struggled with for a really long time. You know, there's there's just part of me that wants to want so badly to shrink back into my little bubble of a, a family life, familiarity, routine, comfort, and security uh, instead of moving out, noticing needs, meeting needs, things like that. It's, and it really is. It's a, it's a heart issue for me, uh, and it's something that I'm working on all the time. And I, I'm assuming that, like me, in this culture, uh, it, it's something that most people struggle with. You know, we live in a culture that is very independent and very me-focused. And that kind of runs in direct uh, opposition to helping others. Because in this culture, you're looking out for yourself. You're looking out for number one. So I'm working on it. Um, like I said, it's a daily thing that I, that I have to really force myself to be outward-focused rather than inward. Uh, and if, if you're in the same boat, um, we're all in this together. Um, let's, let's work on it this week. So hopefully these words have been helpful, um, as, as we work through these things and, uh, as always keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, There's nothing better than word-of-mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, This will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, Thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.